This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Zarina, the simple and versatile all-natural Caribbean drink mixer in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Barbados Solution Focus for Global Business Sector. Jamaican Senator Leads Mission to Guyana. St. Kitts Nevis looks to cannabis farming as a new long-term income source. Visitors increased from 40,000 to 140,000 on St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands, as U.S. Virgin Islands Port Authority, Royal Caribbean, make agreement. Turk and Caicos governor blames Jamaican gangs for escalating crime. Puerto Rico U.S. Attorney's Office takes part in U.S. Department of Justice efforts to protect older adults. And Antigua and Barbuda chosen for global launch of Ocean Conservation Project. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, October 5th. We start a report today in Barbados, where the government is solution-focused for the global business sector. Barbados Today reports Barbados is making headway on the matter of de-risking and corresponding banking relations and may secure the Corporation of the United States Department of Treasury as a key institutional partner. Barbados Minister of Energy and Business Kerry Simmons made this disclosure as he addressed the BIBA, the Association for Global Business Luncheon Seminar, at the Savannah Beach Club and Hotel Hastings Christchurch recently. The senior minister who was presenting at the seminar titled The Road Ahead for Global Business in Barbados said there were signs the U.S. Department of Treasury was inclined to work with Barbados and the region to have correspondent banking services designated in legislation as indispensable services and part of the infrastructure of an economy. This was critical because of the tremendous influence which the U.S. Department of Treasury Treasury has to facilitate the legislation and enable other jurisdictions who tend to follow suit to understand the vital role that correspondent banking relations play. The senior cabinet member urged BIBA's membership to leverage the access they have to corporate boardrooms and financial corridors in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. At the same time, the minister advised that government's focus was on finding solutions to the challenge. In this connection, he said, development partners such as the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and the Inter-American Development Bank have been invited to work with us in trying to come up with a regional position to create a mechanism where we can pool transactions so that they become more attractive to correspondent banks and therefore assist us in becoming more relevant to them. During his wide-ranging presentation, the energy and business ministers stress that even as the island pursues carbon neutrality by 2030, it is not abandoning its hydrocarbon explorations as an export and foreign exchange earning avenue potential. Next up, Jamaican Senator leads business mission to Guyana. 
Jamaica Information Service reports Jamaica's Minister of Industry, Investment and Commerce, Senator Aubin Hill, is leading a delegation of local, public and private sector interests on a business mission to Georgetown, Guyana. The mission from October 2nd to October 7th will include scheduled engagements with relevant government entities, senior government officials, and business-to-business meetings to explore opportunities with approximately 45 targeted potential business partners in Guyana. Jamaica and Guyana have experienced very good bilateral relations over the years, dating back as far as July 1973, with the signing of the Treaty of Chaguaramas, and more recently with the planned reactivation of the Guyana-Jamaica Joint Commission in 2018. Senator Hill said, with both our nations currently experiencing economic growth, Strategically, there are many mutual benefits to be explored on this mission to Guyana, where regional collaboration and partnership will be central to the business engagements of the mission. He noted that key areas for collaboration include agribusiness, financial services, infrastructure, manufacturing, and professional services. The mission includes 22 Jamaican entities and more than 30 persons, largely from the private sector along with the Jamaica Special Economic Zone Authority and the Jamaica National Agency for Accreditation, which is present in 10 CARICOM countries, including Guyana. Additionally, private sector entity National Commercial Bank Capital Markets Limited is providing sponsorship for the mission. Chief Executive Officer of the National Commerce Bank Capital Markets Limited, Stephen Gooden said, the mission to Guyana is indicative of the kind of public-private sector engagements needed to drive nation building and grow the Jamaican economy. Ultimately, the commercial benefits will be widespread. Collaboration with our Guyanese counterparts will also enhance commerce, investments, and trade in the Caribbean. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now on to St. Kitts Nevis, where the government is looking to cannabis farming as a new long-term income source. Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports the government of Sinkitz Nevis says it is taking the steps required to create a sustainable medicinal cannabis industry as the Twin Island Federation moves to reduce its dependency on its citizenship by investment program. Prime Minister Dr. Terence Drew, whose administration came to office following the general elections in August, told the Sinkitz Nevis Information Service that there is much work to be done because because as it stands now, the Federation is well behind Caribbean countries on the matter of establishing a cannabis industry. Antigua is ahead, St. Vincent is ahead, Jamaica is ahead, and we know that the people travel to these countries because they would have an industry that is well controlled, well monitored, and so forth that allows for the use of marijuana. He said that his new administration will ensure that its citizens and residents of St. Kitts and Nevis will benefit first and foremost from the establishment of the cannabis industry. 
Prime Minister Drew has said that there is a need to diversify the local economy so as to reduce the country's dependency on the Citizenship by Investment Program. Prime Minister Drew said in this regard his administration has already put together an economic council that will guide the country's development process. The economic council will be formalized shortly, he said. Next up, in the U.S. Virgin Islands, the island of St. Croix is expecting to see visitor increase from 40,000 to 140,000 as the U.S. Virgin Islands Port Authority Royal Caribbean make agreements. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Port Authority and Royal Caribbean Group officially signed an agreement that increases Royal Caribbean Group cruise ship passengers to the island from 40,000 to 140,000 annually beginning this November. The agreement was signed on Tuesday at the Anne E. Abramson Marine Facility on St. Croix. They also signed an agreement to extend through December an existing Memorandum of Understanding to continue discussions for plans of improvements and upgrades at the Austin Monsanto Marine Facility in Crown Bay, St. Thomas, and the Anne E. Abramson Marine Facility. The MOU was originally signed in 2021 in Florida during the Sea Trade Cruise Global, the cruise industry's leading annual business-to-business -business event. The changes strengthens the commitment by Royal Caribbean Group to build on the U.S. territory standing as a marquee destination for Caribbean cruising and to increase visitor arrivals. The renewed agreement will also increase the passenger fees paid to the VI Port Authority by incoming Royal Caribbean cruise ships from $5 to $7 beginning January 2023. You're listening to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. To share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Now here's some concerning news from the Turks and Caicos, where the governor blames Jamaican gangs for escalating crime. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer via CMC reports, Turks and Caicos Islands Governor Nigel John Dakin said the security situation in the British Overseas Territory is related to Jamaican gangs and serious transnational crime rather than international terrorism. Dankin told the House of Assembly the surge in gang violence on the island remains ongoing and it will not stop unless we stop it. The governor made reference to a recent attack in Long Bay against persons who were allegedly associated with local drug dealers where an innocent visitor from the United States was killed. A police tactical unit on patrol intercepted the assailants. He said the police vehicle was hit by multiple strikes from high-velocity rounds. The governor said several months ago two local gangs lost their leadership. He said one extremely violent local gang leader was shot dead by police while resisting arrest. The other, a Haitian gang leader, who the police had made four separate attempts to arrest, was killed by one of his own gang members before he could be arrested. The governor said the vacuum and confusion this created allowed a predominantly Jamaican gang with a relatively small footprint to reinforce from Jamaica. Using military-grade high-velocity weaponry, the vast majority of the murders in September have been targeted and linked to this enlarged and now emboldened gang. <laughs> 
He said the firearm specialists from the UK arrived on Sunday and are already at work with the tactical firearms unit and those who help respond. He said, following the visit of Premier Charles Washington Missick to Jamaica, we hope for support from them as well. In other news, Puerto Rico U.S. Attorney's Office takes part in U.S. Department of Justice efforts to protect older adults. The United States Justice Department announced the results of its efforts over the past year to protect older adults from fraud and exploitation during the past year. The U.S. Department of Justice and its law enforcement partners tackled matters that ranged from mass marketing scams that impacted thousands of victims to bad actors scamming their neighbors. Substantial efforts were also made over the last year to return money to fraud victims. The department also announced it's expanding its transnational elder fraud strike force to amplify efforts to combat scams originating overseas. In the past year, the department has notified over 550,000 people that they may be eligible for remission payments. Notifications were made to consumers whose information was sold by one of three data companies prosecuted by the U.S. Department of Justice, and were later victims of sweepstakes or astrology solicitations that falsely promised prizes or individualized services in return for a fee. This is Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. Here's some great environmental news. Antigua and Barbuda chosen for global launch of Ocean Conservation Project. Caribbean National Weekly reports Antigua and Barbuda Prime Minister Gaston Brown welcomed the decision to choose the country for the global launch of ocean conservation efforts to safeguard against the impacts of climate change. Barbuda was chosen for the first deployment of tailor-made coral modules from the pioneering coral reef restoration project OceanShot in what is expected to be an innovation used globally. Prime Minister Brown said this project has multiple benefits. There are environmental benefits, social benefits, economic benefits, and we are very happy to be a part of this initiative. OceanShot was created by climate scientist and marine biologist Dr. Deborah Bronsman and philanthropist John Paul DeJoria. The coral modules combined both built structure and living coral. They are architecturally designed to restore a once thriving ocean ecosystem and to protect shoreline and ocean communities from the ravaging impacts of storm and sea level rises, as well as to revive ocean-dependent local economies. According to the report, the project is scalable for global implementation. And here's our final note. Trinidad and Tobago works ministry to use cement for cheaper, durable roads. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports Trinidad and Tobago Ministry of Works and Transportation will review its existing road maintenance strategy policy to include using TCL cement for secondary and tertiary roads for rehabilitation and paving projects. During the budget debate on Monday, the Minister Rohan Sinanen said 
It is anticipated that this approach will ensure a more durable road surface, and it will also improve the quality of road infrastructure and execution of projects. Lake Asphalt TT is collaborating with the University of the West Indies St. Augustine to develop a training program on spot paving for small contractors. The minister promised drivers upon completion of this exercise, members of the public can expect a vast improvement in the driving experience. During the 2022-2023 budget presentation on September 26, Trinidad and Tobago's finance minister, Colm Imbert, admitted Trinidad and Tobago's road infrastructure deteriorated during the pandemic when resources were redirected to the health sector. Imbert announced a new state company, the Secondary Road Rehabilitation and Improvement Company Limited, had been resourced with $100 million and will be given further $100 million in 2023 for secondary road repairs. This podcast has been brought to you by Zarina, the simple and versatile all-natural Caribbean drink mixer and Diamond Key Marina British Virgin Islands, home of Foxy's Taboo. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.